Father, thank you because your word is quick, your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word is life, your word is yea and amen. Your promises are true. Your word has the capacity to divide the spirit and soul. Your word has the capacity to bring light, to bring life, to bring power. And Father, I pray that you will speak your word to us this morning in Jesus' name. Speak it more than ever before. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Today I'm going to start a message series that I call The Necessity of the Renewed Mind. I want you to say after me, The Necessity of the Renewed Mind. Uh, simply means why a re- the renewed mind is necessary. And we're going to talk about this for the next four weeks. Uh, it's a message I really believe will change a lot of lives. Uh, it will really, really help many people here uh, on your way to become what God has called you to be. So I want to encourage you to pay attention to the message. I also want to encourage you to please tell your friends to join us as we start this journey. Amen. Today, I titled today's message, uh, Lost in Translation. And I, you know, there's a movie I watched about 10 years, you know, less than 10 years ago called Lost in Translation. And I thought it was very, very interesting. Uh, the movie ended up not being really, I, I was figuring out why they even titled it Lost in Translation after I watched the movie. But I thought the message was clear in the sense that when you, uh, when you speak a language, and you translate it, I mean, when you try to communicate in one language to another, and translation is involved, uh, the chance of losing some essence, sometimes the essence of that message, or some part of it, is very, very high. That's the concept of loss in translation. Uh, Many of us know that, for example, the Bible was translated from Greek or Hebrew uh, into English language, or to many languages. Uh, That process is uh, fought with a lot of challenges because languages are not always the same. Uh, you know, the, even the way the thoughts behind the use of words, the way languages use words. So sometimes, even if you translate word for word, they don't always mean the same thing. So it's important to know that there's always a challenge when you are translating Uh, a language or communicating between one language to the other. But it goes beyond language. It also affects medium, right? For example, something can be a movie, then we translate it to a book. Or it could be the other way around, right? It starts as a book. Maybe you read the book. You go watch the movie. Sometimes they lose something. And maybe what is even important to you when you read the book, uh, it's just missing in the movie. You're like, what? I mean, they didn't capture a lot of this. Uh, that is because there's always a danger of message getting lost when they are being translated from one place to the other, either medium or language. Amen. So I'll go into the message today, and I will start from our word for the year, which is the theme for the year found in 3 John 2, uh, and I will read it, and I will take off from there. Hallelujah. And Father, I would like all of you to, to read it together with me. Let's go. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. 
So this is uh, John writing here, Apostle John, one of the uh, apostles. Uh, he's considered to be, when the Bible says, the, the disciple that Jesus lost. That's believed to be John. All right? So he wrote here, and he said, I pray that you may prosper. And this is where we got our all-round prosperity from. Uh, I pray that you may prosper in all things. So it's not, it's not just talking about money. It's talking about in all things. It's talking about all-round prosperity. He said, I'm being health. And health is, a, is part of prosperity. I want you to prosper in all things. I also want you to be in healthy in all things. But he added a clause there. He said, just as your soul prospers. So I could have even titled this theme, The Prosperity of the Soul. But I want to narrow it more to renew of the mind because essentially that's the part I want to talk about. All right? So he's saying, as your soul prospers, so will you, will you prosper. He said, just as your soul, and I want you to notice that, just as your soul prospers or continue to prosper, continue to do well. Some other translation says, I wish you do well in all areas, just as your soul does well. As your soul goes, so will the rest of your life. That's the whole essence. Amen. The word that was translated soul here, I underline it here, is actually a Greek word uh, that is called suche. Suche. And And I just put it there which is usually translated in the Bible as the soul. It is the seat of your feelings, right? Desire, affection, aversions. That's, that's how it is described. It is, it is where we get the word, English word, psyche from. All right? So psychological, right? So when we are describing psyche, psychological, you know, or when we, you know, we're talking about the soul, we're talking about usually the mind, right? You know, when we say someone is psychologically disturbed, it could mean their mind is, doesn't function well, or they are feeling, you know, maybe their, you know, their feeling is just not correct, it's not as, you know, as normal as it should be. It means something is wrong with them psychologically. So that's a soul issue, all right? That is the word that uh, uh, the scripture uses there. I pray that you do well as your psyche does well, right? It's talking about your psychological health is very critical to your physical health in every other aspect of your life. Hallelujah. So your, the health of your soul, the prosperity of your soul is critical to the prosperity of your life. Hallelujah. Now, to understand what soul is, I'm going to uh, read another scripture for you. And I actually, uh, I will explain it. Many of you who have heard me taught on this. This is, uh, this is not very new to you. The, uh, the man is divided into three aspects. Or, you know, people would call it the triumph nature. The nature of man or the anatomy of man. Or the spiritual anatomy of human being. Is spirit, soul, and body. And if you go to First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-three, First Thessalonians five twenty-three says, "This is as praying." He said, "May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through." 
may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a scripture that tells us we are three components, right? So he's saying, I want God to make you blameless. I want God to sanctify you. I want God to make you whole in a sense. So he's praying that you will be whole. You will be healthy. And he's saying, I want your spirit to be whole, right? I want your soul to be whole, right? And I want your body to be whole. Whole in that sense is calling it kept blameless. Or if you're reading uh, some of the older versions, he's saying sanctified, right? I want you to be sanctified, spirit, soul, and body. Because we are comprised of those three. Amen. There are people who confuse, and it's very confusing when you read the scripture. Sometimes soul and spirit can look alike. They can, they can, they can, in fact, they sometimes are almost used interchangeably when you look at the scripture. You know, when he says the soul that sins, he shall die. Because sometimes soul is very, very difficult to define. In fact, you know, the Bible says in Genesis, God made man from the mud, right? He used the clay or mud and created man out of that. And the Bible said, God breathed onto that, right? And man became a living soul. So that's how soul came. So soul was not necessarily created specifically in any way. We, the body, we know where the body is from. The body is from the clay, from the dust. It returns to the dust when we die. We know where the spirit comes from. The spirit comes from God. It's the breath of God. The word translated spirit is pneuma. You know, if you, almost all scripture, all right, pneuma. That is the breath of God. That's the same word you So God breathed his breath into a clay, uh, an image made of clay, and he became a living soul. So soul came really as a result of the spirit of God coming into the clay. Soul was a product of that. The soul of man. It is the soul of man. It is in our soul that we get our personality from. That's why it's where our mind resides. Our will resides, our emotion resides. And that's what determines the difference between all of us. That's, what, that's why you get differences in whether we are, you know, we are loud, we are quiet, we are timid, we are bold, we are abrasive, we are, you know, happy-go-lucky, a little moody, you know, we are thinker, we are good in math, we are good in science, we are good in, in a poem. And all those things are for things that just make us different from each other. That's what makes us have different personality. So, that's your soul. So, we're divided into three aspects. The body, the spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Now, some people confuse soul and spirit. And that's why I'm going to give you the third scripture, Hebrews 4.12, to help us to see that even the scripture does not confuse that. There's a difference in that. And there's a difference. That's why this scripture is there. But I also believe this scripture is there because sometimes the difference is very subtle and it's not always easy. So you see what the scripture says here. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even, I want you to notice, to the dividing soul 
and spirit. Joint and marrow. Those two things are very difficult. To, to, I mean, those things are difficult. They, they are almost together. They are very difficult to separate. So he's saying, it's only the word of God that can really divide, divide it. Sometimes it's hard to know whether something is from the spirit or from just, just from your mind. Because they are very, very close. So it takes the word of God. Say the word penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the, the, the thought and the attitude of the heart. Hallelujah. So I'm going to show you my favorite scripture, I mean a picture that I always show. Like spice, you know, which is this, right? So this is our picture. Our spiritual anatomy. We are spirit. That is where we have God awareness. Alright? This is where we interact with God. John 4.24 says God is spirit. Right? Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God is spirit. Right? We are not spirit. We are spiritual. Right? Because we have spirit. That makes us spiritual. But we are not spirit. Angels are spirit. Right? They don't have bodies. So they are spirit. So God is spirit. Now, you have a spirit. We all have a spirit. And that is where we interact with God. Now, we also have body. And it's easy for us to know that. Right? That is where we have what is called our word awareness. So we have, you know, that's what makes us to be aware of what is going on around us. Now, but we have a soul. Soul is where we have what is called self-awareness. That's the center of our personality. Right? That is this, where we reason. That is where our emotion rely, resides. Our mind. Our will. All those things come from our, you know, our soul. Generally, uh, theologians like to divide that into... The mind, the will, and emotion. Three aspects. The mind, the will, and emotion. And it's very powerful. Very powerful to know that. Hallelujah. Now, my, the key message of this series for the next four weeks is to let you know that Christian success is not possible Without the renewing of the mind. Alright. Let's go back to the picture again. Let me explain something. I don't have a lot of time. If all I can do is lay foundation, we'll continue next week. Amen. Now, when you became born again, if you are saved here, if you have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you have put your faith absolutely in Jesus Christ. What that changes in you is your spirit. Because if you look at Ephesians chapter 2, you know, the Bible says we were dead. We were once, we were dead in our sin. We were separated from God. So anyone that is not saved is dead. The Bible says he's dead. Uh, Cannot have a genuine relationship with God. Right. It doesn't mean they cannot have expression. It doesn't mean they can be jumpy. But it means that they are cut off from God. All those things... Don't touch God at all. You know, they cannot. Alright? So, it is important. Except a man is born again. Right? He cannot enter 
no matter how he tries. So being entering into the kingdom of God is not a function of, you know, I'm so excited, I'm so fervent, I'm so this, I, you know, I can even pray. Uh, we, we read a story in Acts chapter 10 of the centurion who could pray, who could give, who could do all these things, and God knows, like, look, this, is, this guy, he needs salvation. I mean, the, the, I mean, the best I can do is dispatch someone to go and minister the gospel to him. Because even though those things are reaching out to God, that man cannot have a relationship with God. Jesus also told us, told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, right? Except a man is born again, right? He said, he that is born of the flesh is of the flesh. He that is born of the spirit. So when we were not saved, what happened is we had no relationship with God. We cannot. Now, but when we, the day we put our faith in Jesus Christ, our spirit comes alive. The Bible says, you, he has quickened. You, he made alive. He makes us alive. So the spirit that was dead comes alive. That spirit can now have relationship with God. God can now, you know, engage in relationship with man. Hallelujah. So, but nothing happens to your soul, nothing happens to your body at the point of salvation. I want you to write that one down. At the point of salvation, your soul is still what it used to be. Your body is still what it used to be. Same body. Alright? So somebody doesn't turn white, green, just because they are born again. Alright? We don't all of a sudden just see that you have... No. I mean, they can become happier, peaceful, those things. You know, but... Your body is still essentially your body, right? Your soul is still essentially your soul. Uh, Now, but your soul, especially your mind, which is the engine that drives your soul, must now be renewed. Must be renewed. Because God deals with your spirit, right? Your body is what eventually expresses God, right? That's how we eventually know you're a Christian, right? We eventually know you're a Christian because you don't do what you used to do anymore, right? You don't go where you used to go anymore, right? You now, there's change of behavior, there's change of taste, there's change of what is important to you. You begin to act certain way, you begin to do certain things, you know. So we can say your body eventually will express, you know, the fact that you now have a relationship with God. It might take a while, but the body will express it. Now, where the mind is, the center, which is the soul, is the soul that will translate God to your body. Right? It is some, so the spirit doesn't connect, doesn't talk to the body directly. Your mind is the connection. Your mind, no matter if God talks to you, if God speaks to you, your mind has to translate what God is saying into language that your body can respond to. Is that clear? Now, that is why the condition of your mind is now very, very important. Right? The condition of the mind is now very important because 
your mind can a lot of those messages are lost in translation if the mind is not in a correct place that's why let's go to romans chapter 12 verse 2 which i'm going to deal with more for the next three weeks uh, romans 12 2 says do not conform to the pattern of this world i want you to notice that he's talking to believers here he's not talking to unbelievers it would not be necessary it would not even be correct to tell unbelievers don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, right? That's they are the word, right? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, we have been transformed in our spirit as Christians. We have experienced what is transformation in our spirit that is ours in fact is more than transformation what we have experienced in our spirit is resurrection right that's absolute transformation the spirit was dead god came, comes in right the spirit comes alive that is ultimate transformation but the transformation doesn't always translate to the way we live because the mind has to be renewed. So, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what, is, what God's will is. Is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So, so God's good and perfect will is for us. Is what he's trying to communicate with us. Is what he's trying to reveal to you. Is what he's trying to reveal you, to you now as I'm speaking. It, all those songs we sang this morning, worship song, is trying to reveal God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for us. When you go into the scripture, when you get your devotion today, tomorrow, you know, when you pray, when you meditate, what God is revealing to you is His good, pleasing, and trying to. Now, but He said, you can, you, you won't even know. You won't know how to test it, you won't know how to approve it. You won't know how to determine this is from God. Why? Because the mind is not, if the mind is not renewed, the mind will not be able to translate appropriately, hallelujah, what God is saying into something you can put into practice as a child of God. And that's why he's saying here, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. And that's why success, Christian success, is not possible unless there is the renewing of the mind. Now, what is renewing of the mind? What is the renew of the mind? Renew of the mind is simply the process of aligning your mind with God's thoughts. Right? God's thinking, rather. You're thinking to the word of God. It is your renewal. How it is the process where your mind is or your thinking is aligned to the word of God. <clears throat> and you know, as your mind goes, it's even your feelings, your emotions. A lot of things are this. You know, if I, if I have a friend with someone, that I, I, I'm a friend with someone, I like them. Then all of a sudden, somebody tells me, oh, yesterday I saw... Sandra, just talking bad about you. 
it was, oh my God, the way she roasted you in front of her friends, it's unbelievable. I mean, the next time I see her, it will change my behavior to her. Even if that information was not true. How many relationships have been destroyed like that? I mean, how many people have become enemies like that, right? Because something changes the behavior because the information changed, right? Somebody sold some information. So even our feelings towards one another, they are affected by what is going on in our mind. Hallelujah. So it's important to know that renewing of the mind, aligning our thoughts, the process of thinking, our thinking to the word of God is very critical. It is changing your thoughts, your belief, your idea to align with the word of God. That's, that's, that's almost the lifelong job of a Christian. How do I change my thoughts life? We are controlled by our thoughts in this realm. How do I align my thoughts, my idea, and even my belief? Because our thoughts inform our belief, eventually becomes our belief. How do I align all those with God's word or with God's thoughts, God's idea? Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. That's God talking, right? So we know that God has thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. What I'm telling you is so critical. Look. Even if you get a miracle from God, many of us, an unrenewed mind will cause you to lose that miracle. Having a renewed mind is more important than any touch you can get, any miracle you can get. In fact, I discovered God performs those miracles to actually change our thoughts. Isn't that, what he, isn't that why God was annoyed with the children of Israel? Right? Those miracles did not inform their way of thinking. Their way of thinking remains the same. That is why God was so annoyed and said, you know, these people have no, they have no prayer. <laughs> I, mean, they, I mean, they have no future with me. These people are completely hopeless. Let me get rid of them. You know, those who are 20 years and above. Let me just form a new generation because constantly God shows up but he does not change the way they think about God. Wow. Doesn't that look like us sometimes? We should be scared of of God, how he deals with us because even when he shows up, even when he does things, even when he does many things, in fact, Jesus told some people, right, they came to him, they said, they, they, I think he performed, he, he, he fed 5,000. After Jesus fed 5,000. Next day, they showed up, right? And Jesus said, I know why you showed up. Because you want bread. You didn't. In fact, he said, 
you didn't show because of the signs. You showed up, you showed up because you want bread. What does that mean? Isn't bread the sign? No. You know, signs, signs are never an end in themselves. You don't, you don't follow sign to go to a sign. Is that what we do? We follow a sign to go to a destination. Signs are only useful because they are taking us somewhere. So our signs are wonders. They are supposed to inform how we think about God and how we live our life henceforth. Praise the name of Jesus. So it is more important. If our mind is not or our thought is not aligned with God's thoughts, we are going to end up really losing a lot, not becoming what God wants us to become, lose a lot of what God is trying to do, and we are not going to experience the prosperity. We are not going to experience prosperity. We are not going to, even if God blesses you one time, what miraculously, you are going to lose that miracle by unrenewed mind. Unrenewed mind is very critical to Christian success. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, we're going to go to our scripture that we read today, Romans chapter 8. And uh, from verse 5. Hallelujah. Okay. Verse 5 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. So, he's saying something here that is very, very important. He said, people who live according to the flesh, it is because they have their mind. The mind is unrenewed. Now, he's talking about believers here who still live according to the flesh. Now, it is very easy when we talk about these things to, to use sin as an example of someone living in flesh. That's really not necessarily what living in the flesh is. Living in the flesh simply means living in the realm of the natural. The greatest sin, like I said, of Israel is unbelief, right? They didn't believe and they complained. You know, those are not necessarily things we, we think are very, very terrible. Yet, that's why God destroyed all of them. Because of their unbelief. Because they complain. They murmur and complain. That's what the scripture says. So, living in the flesh means we live in the natural. That is, our mind. And the reason why that happens is, our mind is set on what is, what the flesh desires. What the natural desires. But those who live according to the spirit... I want you to see spirit is capital S, right? Which is the Holy Spirit. So living in the spirit, the reason why they are able to live in the spirit is because they have their mind set on what the spirit desires. So where your mind is or what is driving your mind or what, is, what your mind is grounded on, 
what is motivating your thoughts, your thinking, determines whether you live in the spirit or in the flesh. Now, let's go forward. He said, verse 6, the mind governed. Did you get that now? So, this is what it means to set your mind on the flesh. The mind or the thought governed by the flesh is death. See, death is used symbolically here to, to talk about the opposite. Life, death. Life is from God. Death is from the world. Death from, is from the devil. When the, the father of the prodigal son was describing the son, he said, my son who was what? Dead. So dead is separation from the father. Separation from the father's goodness. The father's blessing. The father's prosperity. The father's abundance. He said, those who just pursue these things of the flesh, only, the only thing that appeals to them is natural thoughts, natural things. Those who only dwell in the realm of the natural will, will see death. It's death. But the mind governed by the spirit is what? Life and peace. In fact, the word life here is the way. For those of you who have, if you have strong concordance or you can just go, you know, you have some of those uh, resources, you can go check. The word translated life here simply means Zoe, the life of God, the abundant life of God. John 10.10, 10, right? It is prosper. And it's also say peace. So when, you, when your mind is governed by the things that the Spirit desires, or God desires, right? What you have is life of God and peace. Now, the mind, verse 7, governed by the flesh is hostile to God. That's how you know. Because the natural is hostile to the supernatural. It's hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Hallelujah. So it's important to know that. An unrenewed mind will mistranslate God. Alright? You, you won't be able to express God's love. You see, an unrenewed mind, when God tells an unrenewed mind, for example, I love you unconditionally. Alright? An unrenewed mind takes that and translate it to something else. And say, I love you when you are good. When God tells an unrenewed mind, you are forgiven. Alright? An unrenewed mind translate that to God forgave, but he hasn't forgotten. Alright? An unrenewed mind mistranslate God. Things, you know, it, sometimes it takes a very simple sentence to change a translation, right? Just change it totally. And it means something different. 
And they will still look alike. But it could be fundamentally different. Did you get what I'm talking about? An unrenewed mind. God tells an unrenewed mind, look. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Right? An unrenewed mind will translate that to, to mean... Uh, obedience is hard. And God tells an unrenewed mind, you know what? You can do my will. I, I am going to help you. I'm going to support you. you. You know, doing my will is possible. An unrenewed mind will translate that to mean something different. So it's important because if our mind is not renewed, brought back to a place where it can be aligned with God, it will be impossible to really do the will of God. Hallelujah. I can't get into my message today. Actually, I have three points that I'm supposed to get into now. Uh, you know, but I'm going to have to stop. All right? So we'll continue there uh, next week. But I want to leave you with this. The greatest pursuit of a Christian is renewed mind. You see, when our mind can truly agree, when our thoughts, the way we think about life, the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about God, and the way we think about other people, See, when those things can align, can align with God's thoughts, we are going to experience abundance. God's prosperity. God, what God wants. When our mind is governed by what the Spirit desires. Look, it is a life of peace. It's a life that is not filled with strife. It is a life that is not filled with all kinds of issues that we deal with in our lives. It is a mind that, is, that enjoys the peace of God. Praise the name of Jesus. And that is what we are going to examine three more Sundays. Praise the name of Jesus. Can we just rise up and pray? I'd like us to pray. I'd like us to pray. I'd like us to lift up our hands and just say, Lord, I dedicate my mind to you. My mind, I dedicate to you. I know you have my spirit, but my mind is where I need to work on. And that's going to be our job. I'm going to share that. That's, God is not going to do that miraculously. But we start by dedicating our mind. Can we say, Lord, we, I dedicate my mind to you. I dedicate my thoughts. I dedicate my will. I dedicate my emotion. Teach me to align them. Teach me how to align my thoughts with your thoughts. How to align my will with your will. How to align my feelings with your feelings. Because I know this is the way, the only way to experience prosperity, success, health. This is the only way for me to truly reflect you on earth. To truly be what you have called me to be. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we are praying. Before I go sit down, if you are here, you have not placed your faith in Jesus absolutely. You cannot say, I am a born again child of God. 
I'd like you to do so today. What I'm talking about will not be useful to you in any way. It might be cute. You might be able to derive some fine lines to put on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, but it won't make any difference in your life. Uh, it, the only way, the only foundation to build on is a foundation that is laid on the cross. And the good news is you can do it today. I want you to place your hands on your chest. If you're in that category, you want to give your life. I'm not saying everyone. You want to give your life to Jesus. I want you to place your hands on your chest. Thank you. I see, I see you there. I see you there. And the Lord sees you too. Uh, any other person? Thank you. God bless you. I see you there. I'll, I'll lead you into a prayer quickly. Father, I thank you for these ones. They are putting their faith in you. They are giving up on themselves and they are saying, Jesus, I put my faith absolutely in you as the only way to salvation. Lord, I know you do not reject people. You accept them. Father, accept them. Forgive them of their sin, of unbelief, and make them, each one of them, a child of God today. Give them a new spirit. Give them a new heart. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. I want you to do me a favor before you leave. The bulletin you have as a tear of portion. I want you to please just fill your name and the decision you made today. That will get to me. I will contact you. Thank you. God bless you. You can uh, keep standing. I think we're going to do the confession. Amen. God bless you.